On this week's full-time roundup, the Cups continue, City start to close the gap on Arsenal and Liverpool, AFCON and Asian Cups are upon, finals are upon us, and we end with the prediction show. All this and more, full-time roundup starts right now. Hello, everybody. I, Daniel Bracken, am in the host chair today just to mix things up a little bit. Um, it is a sunny 57 degrees Thursday uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Pretty nice. It's been a busy week for both of us, um, but we're glad that we get to talk some footy that happened this week and kind of project for, for the future of this weekend. First of all, Matt, how have you been? Daniel, always good to see you. Like you said, busy week, but uh, we are towards the end of the week, which means football all the way, and we have some fantastic fantastic fixtures to get to in the prediction segment below but of course there's still stuff to cover from earlier in the week as well as over the weekend is for everybody i like how you cut the fan out of tastic i might start using that with my friends start start being a trend trendsetter there tastic but uh we'll, we'll go ahead and get right into it um you know starting with the premier league city kind of have their way with brentford on on monday um I was telling some of my buddies there was a stat that Brentford have actually won the last two games against City. So I was, you know, getting on my hands and knees praying that Brentford would do some magic for me uh, against City. And it started out pretty nice. Um, Brentford had that, you know, 5-4 block that made it very hard to break down. And then they kind of score on a bang-bang play. I called it a pick-and-roll, big long ball from the keeper. Uh, Ivan Tony kind of sets a pick and then um, uh, Maupai kind of rolls the defender and then goes one-on-one -on -one with Ederson, who I thought was fairly rubbish in this match. But obviously City then flex their muscles. They get a crucial goal right before halftime in the likes of Phil Foden. And then you know, Foden scores two more in the, in the second half to, to kind of give City kind of a walk in the park second half. Uh, did you have any main takeaways from this match? Well, I learned something new in this match, Daniel. Um, on the first goal, I did not realize that that was not offside uh, because apparently on a goal kick, you can't have an offside, which was very interesting to me. And so, really? I'm, I'm, yeah, I did not know that. Clearly, if uh -huh. in case you didn't see the goal, um, Ivan Tony was in an offside position and kind of moseyed his way back to, to block Nathan Ake from defending the ball and then Neil Mope just comes right in behind him on a breakaway essentially and puts the ball in the back of the net. Now credit to Thomas Frank who had his little notebook out and was checking something off on his little sheet there, whether or not he designed that play or just wanted to see and see if that worked going forward. I don't know, but again, I, I learned something new. Um, but really this game did not really stand much of a chance after that. I think even though, Brentford went up one on, on a unique kind of trick play. The goalkeeper absolutely kept them in this game the first half. It was could have been 3-0 before that first goal went in, and, and really City was just putting Brentford under siege, and it just continued all game. And and really, you know, what else can you say other than, uh, you know, um, Phil Foden is just an absolute world-class player at this point, 23 years of age, hat-trick, and the future is just so bright for him, and it's it's fun to watch. And it's unfortunately painful to watch because City are that good that they can bring in somebody each week, every week, and have a different star. But they they clearly are the class of the Premier League right now. 
They are. And, you know, Phil Foden in double figures for, I think, his third season in a row at the age of 23, kind of a wild stat, um, kind of one of the heartbeats and brightest prospects in England. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares in the Euros and if Southgate plays him in his preferred position, which I don't even know if it's out wide or, or through the middle. I would say through the middle probably, but he's kind of a, a malleable player tactically, which is which is very nice for, for Pep's men. Now you did have an interesting take um, in a group chat that, that we're in. And after this win, you're, you're feeling yourself probably trying to upset me maybe a little bit with at, at the same time, which is I would fair. never do such a thing. I would never we, do such we, a we thing. We seem to have a habit of doing that to each other, which is fun for good banter. Um, but you said that with this win, you wouldn't be that surprised if Manchester City not only win the title, but they win by double digits. You kind of has that feeling. I mean, they won the league last year over Arsenal, but I believe, and, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, either you, Daniel, or the listener, um, by about nine points. Um, and, and they were, you know, later in the season, um, you know, they were behind Arsenal at that point. And so they're only, you know, two points behind you guys right now with the game in hand. It just feels like this is going to – I mean, we have 15, 15 games to go in the league, and they're only a point, two points behind. So, you know, that to me feels like given that they go on these runs notoriously where they don't lose, you know, right now, even in their form right now, they've won their last five games in a row. Um, and so if they put another five or ten, ten in a row, which is not unconceivable, whether that's dropping points or just – not getting a loss to me that 10 points seems pretty manageable and pretty realistic and almost easy for them uh, because they do have players like Kevin De Bruyne. They do have the opportunity to play Phil Foden in multiple positions. Like you just mentioned before we talked about this, you know, how do you defend a player like that where he can be so versatile and coming from different areas and attacking different defenders? You don't know how to defend him. We're not even talking about Erlen Holland who hasn't played in two months and is still tied for the goal-scoring lead in the league. I mean, they're just so stacked across the board, and the pressure that they put on teams in front of them is going to be immense. And, and of course, you saw that last year with Arsenal crumbling under the pressure that City just kept winning week in, week out. And, and of course, Liverpool is a little different animal with the experience that they have, but it almost just feels inevitable that Liverpool are going to drop points, and, and you don't have that same feeling for Manchester City. Yeah, so you, you kind of covered in – when you said that, I, I was like, this guy is an idiot, basically, was in my head what I was thinking. But, I mean, I've kind of come around to it. Obviously, I think I do think that City is going to win the league. I'm going to give you that concession. I do not think it'll be by double digits because they, you know, they have a decent fixture list lined up. They have to play Arsenal. They have to play Liverpool. They have to play Chelsea. They have to play Man U. They have to play Brighton. And they have to play, I miss a team, Aston Villa. Um, so not there, there are some games that are, you know, they, sh they probably will be favored in every single one, but it's not an easy schedule. Right. So I don't, I, I, I don't think that the one by 10 points, especially because it's Liverpool, that's kind of chasing them in, in years past, like last year, you know, Liverpool were, were kind of a mess, um, just with the injuries and, and how we were playing, but this is a different Liverpool team, obviously, the likes of Dominic Schoboslai being injured for the foreseeable future does put a dent in kind of my belief there. 
Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Endo's come back from from the Asian Cup, which which is a big boost to us, and and we have gotten fairly healthy over the last month. So I'm I'm not going to say they're going to win by by double digits, but I will concede that they will probably hoist their another Premier League trophy. Unfortunately, and the one thing that I think maybe saves the team other teams from a double digit win is the fact that they're playing on so many fronts, right? Obviously champions league is still top of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be the favorite in that competition as well as we start to actually have that competition return next week, Daniel, very excited about that as the knockout stages begin. Um, and then of course, you know, they're out of the Carabao cup, but they're still in the FA cup. So they're, they're battling on three fronts. Um, and so you still wonder just how much, how much attention they want to emphasize. Now keep in mind, um, they will have won the Premier League if they win it this year for the fourth time in a row. Um, that's That'll be historical. So it doesn't matter if they win it by one point or 10 points in this instance. It will still be one of the most historical achievements in, in the Premier League. Um, but then again, if, if they're if they're in the semifinal or the final of the Champions League and, and they've got the league wrapped up by you know two games left to go, do they do they really push? and get those extra six points that makes the difference? I don't know. My point is, and I think you agree with me, and I think most people would agree, it's City's title to lose, and it has felt that way for quite a bit of time now. Yeah, and also, just to kind of put a bell on this, I think this is the most competitive the Premier League's been in the last, say, five years, top down. So that also plays kind of into, into my favor a little bit, I think. But, I mean, City's still a juggernaut nonetheless and especially with the champions league format that might that might help it doesn't help that they keep getting healthier as as the days go by though um to kind of switch and pivot here um just to round up just some of the monday games um and through the week bundesliga uh mines tie union berlin this was a little bit of a relegation battle as mines sit 17th and union berlin is right above them uh mines they drew um so we'll see if when your Berlin have, you know, since the, the change of the manager a month or two back have, have become a little bit better, but mines are, are still struggling. And it's going to be interesting to see how that, how the Bundesliga at the bottom of the table, which we haven't touched on much, uh, is going to shape out. Yeah, you, you feel for a team like Union Berlin, we've, we kind of touched on this throughout the season. We felt like it was an anomaly earlier on, and then it just kind of kept continuing down this path. And they currently sit 15th place, three points ahead of Cologne, which um, you know, another team that you're very, not very used to seeing at the bottom Mainz as well. Of course, the connection with Jurgen Klopp and, and what he, where he started from there, uh, and just kind of the way that, that, that program has always been in the Bundesliga, of course, Darmstadt at the bottom, uh, a promotion side last season. So it's an interesting battle. Uh, of course, you're looking at Hoddenheim, a team that was promoted and now currently in the top half or just in, in 10th place. So it's an interesting discussion. Of course, we've been focused so heavily and we, of course, will continue to focus on the top half. Uh, we have a huge matchup here that we'll get into as part of the prediction show uh, half of the episode later on. But of course, Daniel, we'll we'll touch on all the league at some point And as we get closer to the, end of the season, it's been a, a wild Bundesliga uh, with some big surprises and, and ultimately some some teams that disappointed honestly with with what the expectations were going into the season and picking back piggybacking off of wild um a little bundesliga two for you i don't know if you remember schalke from the last decade or two but 
they got relegated last year and it gets worse. They look like they might be going down or have the chance of going down again. And if that was the case, they would have to basically call it quits and go back to amateur football and lose their UEFA license. That would be a, a real damn shame. I remember when I was coming up, um, you know, the likes of Ozil, Draxler, Raul, Huntelar were coming and kind of they were, you know, top five in Champions League at the time. So that's that's you hate to see historic clubs um, do do really poorly and kind of get ran into the ground. Um, I have a special connection with with Schalke just because of my best friend growing up um, actually went on trials to Schalke uh, when we were kids. So he'd bring me back some merch and everything. And I, I used to have a, a Schalke jersey in my room. So I for, for my on my side, I obviously hope that Schalke can can kind of keep up and kind of figure their shit out, but it's not looking too good for them. Um, to go to a team, another team that's struggling, but they bounce back. Sevilla win against Rio Vallecano. Rio is a, a sneaky good team, even with Areola leaving in the offseason. Um, so this is a this is a big win. Yusuf El Nasseri kind of bounced back um, after kind of crashing out of AFCON with Morocco and, and scored a brace here. So I think the introduction of him will will be big for Sevilla kind of making their way back up the table. But, you know, they've also seen the likes of Rakitic go to Al-Shabaab and, and other players leave the club. So, you know, another poorly managed club, but I think they're going to be okay in the end. Yeah, a team that you just cannot get a pulse on. And we've touched on on their success and their uh, prowess in, in the Europa League. And, of course, they won't have that as they they lose out of all European competition with the way that they finished in uh, the knock, the group stages of Champions League. But uh, it's a, it's an interesting one, Daniel. You, you've touched on how Sevilla historically have been a team that have been at the top half of La Liga and more recently have just been an absolute dumpster fire in, in the league again, you know, take aside from what they do in the competitions, but uh, they find a way to, to continually make this more difficult for themselves in the league currently sitting in 15th place. That was a big win that you mentioned kind of gets them a little bit away from the bottom three, although they're still only a game, a game essentially in points away from Cadiz who sit at 18th place. So uh, you still would, you would still expect Sevilla to kind of find their way and get out of the relegation battle. Although we've talked about this now for, well, maybe not on this show, but just in general for the last two or three seasons with them down at the bottom, similar to what you're seeing with Everton in the Premier League. It's just a very surprising storyline that they cannot get the manager right. They have had talent. You mentioned players like Rakitic before who've been there and, and uh, Luis Ocampos who've been there as well. And they have players that could, you know, ultimately be game and difference makers and keep them up. And, yet they still continue to find ways to make it difficult for themselves. But a big, big win uh, against Rio, who, you know, look and feel safe. Um, you would pre feel pretty good about that conversation. But, uh, of course, a big, big game for, for Sevilla against Atletico Madrid this weekend. Uh, that could be, you know, one of those games. If you can get a point or even sneak out a, a shocking three points, you feel like this team may have just enough to stay up, but um, it's it's really anyone's game. I mean, Celta Vigo are surprisingly good. Mallorca has, has given teams a competition and battle uh, all season long when they're playing. So you just can't, you never know. I mean, the other than Almeria um, at the bottom of the table, you know, basically Sevilla could lose to anybody in my opinion. No, I think that's a, a fair statement. Um, and, 
obviously Sevilla kind of play Atletico Madrid pretty well, but with a teaser, but with Madrid kind of losing uh, midweek in the Copa del Rey, which we'll discuss in a little bit, um, I think Simeone and his men are going to want to have a statement when to bounce back here. So not feeling too good about that. Um, to kind of rotate to the Serie A, Roma kind of win easily. Um, De Rossi versus um, Ranieri, which is a really interesting manager combo that I, I, I haven't seen before. Um, but De Rossi's men make it three in a row. They look like a completely new and reinvigorated team, like we've mentioned before. Um, and they kind of switched up their style since Jose Mourinho left playing the 4-3-3. Pellegrini's back to his best, um, kind of getting in on the goals. And Calgary did not make it easy on themselves, con conceding off a corner within the first two minutes of the game. And it was kind of a walk in the park from there. So it'll be interesting to see if Calgary can stay up, honestly. Um, but it'll be i mean they we're gonna have a big litmus test this this weekend that we'll get to in the prediction show but i'm kind of liking de rossi ball and he's kind of been one of the few managers who were an ex-legend uh, of a club who has kind of came in as a coach and actually made a difference unlike gotten sacked or went on you know resigned soon after they they kind of joined up yeah, of course, they're only one point behind Atalanta as well for fourth place in that Champions League spot, which would be a huge get for them. We touched on it, of course, Daniel, when when Jose Mourinho was fired and, and um, Rossi came in and they they won that game against Hells Verona. We felt like there was an opportunity there, right? Because then we we did say they had these two two weaker games. Uh, Salatari, Sal, I'm not even, you know who I'm trying to say. Bottom Salatana. table team. Thank you very much. And then Calgary here. And then, you know, this game that we'll touch on, like you said, going into it against Inter is really the litmus test of did Rossi get his team to kind of take some take advantage of those three games against bottom half teams, get his style and his shape that he wants the team to play in. And if they get a result in this game, Daniel, I think it's a success either way. Um, you know, even if they look if they play well and they get a loss here, you know, but they they play well and it's a close game, I think. You're looking at Roma as a team, as, as an outside shot at that fourth place spot against Atalanta, like I said, just one point behind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is this is a big turnaround for Roma. Uh, and again, another team with talent on the roster. Um, so you expect them to kind of be competing of, of where they are, and they are still in the Europa League. Um, and so there's there's a lot to play for here still for Roma. And a nice, a nice manager bounce and a nice uh, move by, by management to get rid of Jose Mourinho when they did. And they honestly probably saved their season. Not that I don't think Jose would have been the the reason why, but you could see that the team was starting to take some steps backward. Whether that was because of Jose or just they they lost confidence or whatever it was. And so credit again to to management for making that decision and and, and sacking Jose and, and bringing in Rossi. And and now they are set up for a really strong finish that I think this club and this city expect from this this team year in year out. And it's a team that that needs UCL or, or Europa league just for their finances. They're not, they're not doing too hot financially either. So that's probably why they made that move to get rid of Jose in the, in the first place. So, I mean, even with, and you, you had that mindset, which I agreed with, of even if they don't get a result on the weekend against Inter, it still could be a positive. They play them well. I feel like the same was said against Juve versus Inter last week. I feel like there was a lot of positivity with Allegri and his men, even though they did lose 1-0. Um, 
I, they, I think a lot of fans were impressed with how Juve handled that game and kind of the steps forward they've taken in the last six to 12 months. Um, so we've talked kind of and covered domestic leagues. Now we're going to kind of dive into all the cup competitions that went on. And in the first one we got on the docket is the FA Cup, headlined by Chelsea shocking Aston Villa at Villa Park. I did not expect this result at all. And as um, the famous movie, or it was on Sopranos as well, the uh, what is it, the, the Godfather? Just when I thought I got out, they pull me back in. Are you back in, Matt? I'm speechless at the whole thing, just the setup and the game. Um, great movie. There's by a the smile way. on his face, which great is movie. pretty great rare reference. when when talking great about reference. when talking about. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Villa were bad. Um, it definitely Talking. was a. It definitely was a good looking Chelsea. But how much do you credit that to Villa just being as bad as they were? They really just didn't show up for this one. Um, which was very surprising given it was a fourth round FA Cup tie. You would have expected them to come out with some type of performance. Even in the second half, uh, after that first half performance was so lackadaisical and to really just come out with nothing was was very surprising. I, I It's hard for me to say they're back. Let me see what happens after Crystal Palace, who honestly, as crazy as this sounds, could theoretically, realistically beat Chelsea. Wouldn't be a surprise to me if Crystal Palace finds a way to put a result against us just that's the way that this team is they're not they're not consistent i talked about it after the 4-4 draw against man city that was the standard that they had to play each week and week out and they haven't done that i'll, I'll say it again if they play the way they played against villa in the first half that is the standard that it needs to be the standard that they go going forward they played extremely well against the top four side they moved the ball around they were aggressive they they made forward moving runs they change the pace of the game something that they haven't done they've been very much a possession just to possess the ball type of team we saw that uh against liverpool and they got trapped and they got in trouble that way additionally i've i even thought in that game i know we didn't have a chance because i wasn't on uh, but you and you and did a great job in that covering that liverpool game I thought that they the the way that they needed to play was to be more on that forward foot and front foot and and be aggressive and live and die by that. Yes, maybe they were going to get blown out seven nothing, but at least they would have given it a go and played it offensively and and shown some some fight. Uh, that's what they did against Aston Villa here, and and you saw what happened. You know, Medewecki made some great runs down the right hand side, took on D Douglas Louise a few times, and ran past him. Made some great balls in. You know, even though the Nicholas Jackson goal was probably had nothing to do with the fact that he was just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I don't think he knew anything about it, but that's how they need to play. They need to go down the wing. They need to uh, to put the ball in the box, especially with a player like him in the middle there. You know, Cole Palmer got on the ball on the wings and, and drew inside and, and had a few shots on his left foot. Um, they looked good. They looked like a team that that was kind of coming together. Um, I think Thiago Silva out is is the way to go in the future, as much as I love and respect him as a player and what he's done in his career. This is a project, and I think we need to accept that and start playing those type of players and giving these youngsters an opportunity to, to, to get some minutes and, and really show. Um, Enzo Fernandez, best game as a Chelsea player, hands down, by far. That, really that, that free kick that was, free kick was chef's kiss. gorgeous. 
gorgeous. I didn't know if he had that in his locker, to be honest, but um, that was his best game. I mean, maybe the fans getting on him was enough for him, but he needs to channel that for the rest of his career at Chelsea and, and find a way to use that as motivation. But I'm not ready to say they're back yet, Daniel. It was a big surprise, um, a nice surprise. We're still in the competition. Um, we play Leeds next, which which gives us another opportunity to advance to the next round. Not easy by any means. Leeds have been very good in the championship, so that'll be a good matchup. Uh, and, of course, historical matchup with Chelsea. We'll see. I, I, I'm not ready to jump ball in yet, um, but it was a nice it was a nice, nice performance to watch. I'll, I'll say yep. that. And just to kind of recap it, I, I do think, you know, having that number nine, a legitimate number nine with Nico Jackson up top definitely helped tactically and not having to put Cole Palmer as the false nine, I think really helped help City or sorry, help Chelsea. Um, just to recap kind of the other games, Forrest uh, tied with Bristol City, but one in PKs. Coventry beat Sheffield Wednesday, a goal by um, Haji Wright in that one. Uh, Leeds beat Plymouth and Southampton humble Watford to kind of go Coventry versus Maidstone, by the way, in the next round, just want to point that out. So it'll be, it'll for... be really interesting. I, I do think Coventry will get it done, but, but I, I mean, agree, but it would be Maidstone. fantastic if Maidstone was able to get another one under their belt. That would be, that would be fantastic. That would be great. I, I do agree. And I, to go to the Polkai buy or leave it late against Stuttgart. Um, Stuttgart actually go up early with a with a nice corner routine um but Bayer Leverkusen show that fight that they've shown all season um I know that they know that Bayern are kind of breathing down their neck in 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 the league so they they really want to win some silverware for sure and I think this is a great step in the right direction winning with a late winner by Jonathan Ta in and I think it was the 90th minute um and the good news is their their path is is a lot easier now with with Stugard out of the way. I think you know Gladbach versus Saarbrücken, who upset Bayern, was postponed earlier this week. But it's um, two Bundesliga or Bundesliga two teams in the other side, and then Gladbach versus Saarbrücken to be determined. So I have a Bayern Leverkusen Polkai future as well. So I'm I'm riding with, with my guys all the way here, um, and I think that you know they probably should win this cup competition. Winner, winner of this one probably wins wins the competition, to be honest. So, yeah, I would agree with you, Bayer, probably favorites and, and probably going to win this one and uh, add add another piece to the puzzle uh, for, for Xavi Alonso this season. And, and Verts just put on a, an amazing display. That pass that he had to, I mean, Adley was, was, something, was something beautiful. Just the He's perfect becoming- He's becoming world class week in week out. It's it's fun to watch him develop, and where he's going to end up is going to be quite interesting to see. I, I don't think he stays at Bayer for very long, but he is just he is such a joy to watch. He also had a magnificent goal. I I, I do think I don't know if this is this hot of a take, but current form, I'm taking Verts over Musiala at this rate. Um, maybe not long term, but right now, if you had to give me gun to my head right now off current form, I'm I'm taking Verts. Every day, plus two on twice on Sundays. Um, to go to the Copa del Rey, uh, Real Sociedad tied Mallorca. So it was at Mallorca, so they'll have to play a second leg um, at Real Sociedad. I, I do think they'll they'll get it done there. They, they probably should have won this game. 
to be honest, but we're just going to put the ball in the back of the net, especially with Kubo being back. I, I thought that gave them a, a fairly large edge. But on the other side of the bracket, uh, no pun intended, Athletic Club beat Atletico Madrid, shockingly. Um, it was at uh, the Wanda Met- Metropolitana. Um, didn't really know how to handicap that game. I knew it was going to be a good contest. Um, I, I also think they were both teams were rather unlucky not to have a penalty. Athletic Club did have a penalty pretty early in the game. It was like right on the line, so it was a, it was a tough call. Um, but I think there might be a narrative starting about Simeone in big games. What do you think? Ooh, uh, I mean, tough one to call because they 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 beat Real Madrid twice this season already. Obviously, they they lose the other day, or they draw. Excuse me, they draw the other day. Yet they still can't find a way to kind of make some of these bigger moments. Of course, just to be clear, this is a a two game aggregate um, set, so they will play against each other again again in Athletic Club and, and Atletico Madrid. So, I mean, one nil going back to. It's it's was it was at Athletic Club if I remember correctly. So it's it's at the Metropolitano for the second leg. It, I think it's uh, reverse. Oh, Wait, was it reverse? Okay. Let me let me check. I it, I could be wrong. Oh, I, I also didn't realize it was a a two legger. So that's, that's so either fault. way. I mean, can they get it done? I mean, you would expect them to win this this leg. Although Athletic Club are a very good side. I, I don't think similar to what we talked about with. Um, Pioli at AC Milan. I think it's a little harsh to say that these guys can't win big games because the other guys that they're going against on the other side are pretty good as well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking about big games against, you know, Carlo Ancelotti or or Xavi Hernandez, you know, they're pretty good managers. They have pretty good squads. Uh, you know, they've done well in the Champions League. They've, you know, they've they've played that style. We've talked about how Simeone's changed his style a little bit, you know, this year particularly. I, I don't know if it's fair to say that they can't win against big against good teams. I, I think they advance to the final in this one. So I, it, maybe that's my my answer is that I think they still can beat good teams and they will beat good teams. And ultimately, I think they win Copa del Rey this season, um, just given who's who's left. So you know that'll be that. That's my answer. Yeah, and it was at the Wanda just to confirm. Um, so there will be a second leg being played. So that my fault on that. But it'll be interesting to see. They have a big hole to climb out of away. So interesting development to keep your eye on. Um, and to kind of to kind of rotate over to another cup competition, the Asian Cup. Um, we did our predictions, and I think I actually went two for two on this one, if I remember correctly. I, I had Jordan beating South Korea. They beat them 2-0 to kind of shock human son, Min Jae Kim, and Klinsman. And then Qatar shockingly beat Iran. So with all this parity, parity in the in the cup competition, I'm glad I finally got uh got to to correct. Yeah, you texted me right away saying I'm not crazy, and I wasn't quite sure what you were talking about. And then I remember that you had picked Jordan over South Korea, and I hadn't had a chance to see the scores yet. So credit to you on that one. Uh, I I had Qatar. Um, in oh, the you final. had guitar. Damn it. I did have Come them in on. the final. I didn't have them winning. I had South Korea winning, so I'm out. Uh, but I am also still in for the other competition that we'll get to in a second. But uh, a big, a big shock. I mean, 
Jurgen Klinsmann, and, and I feel bad for Yunming Sun, who who still cannot lift the trophy quite yet. Um, you feel that at some point in time he will, of course, arguably one of, you know, a world class player, top top twenty five player in the world, if not better than that. Um, and you would expect him at some point to to lift a trophy, but for whatever reason that you know he just has that monkey that he can't get over. And, and same with Harry Kane, whether or not that changes for Harry Kane this season, we'll see. But a big surprise for Jordan, and it, it sets up for a very interesting final. Qatar, who uh, you know of course had a, a World Cup uh, disappointment coming last in the group, now a chance to win for consecutive years in a row. In their so, home country, too. In their home country. So uh, I, give me Qatar if we're doing a prediction of this one right now as this game is played on Friday, uh, or I believe Saturday maybe. Uh, Saturday. AFCON is, is Friday. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, give me give me Jordan, Qatar in that one. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you on the Qatar. I, I think the the home advantage will, will help them. And Jordan have been very impressive, though, so don't, definitely don't count them out. On the other hand, um, we have AFCON in Nigeria beat South Africa in PKs. I was so close. You had Nigeria. Um, I had South Africa in this one in Ivory Coast edges by Congo um, to kind of go against the grain. I disagreed with you on that. So um, well done on going two for two in the AFCON. Um, this will be on Sunday, Nigeria versus Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast is the host nation after trials and tribulations i finally got it right um who do you have winning on this one well i'm still good because i had nigeria to win this one um before this game and so i'll still stick with nigeria of course a huge story with ivory coast and everything that happened to them and uh none other than sebastian allaire getting the goal as well in this one great to, story to put them uh yeah great story of course fighting back cancer and, and beating that and coming back. And so, um, you know, home country, uh, the host country getting into the final. So it's going to be a tough challenge for Nigeria, no doubt about it, especially with the home support um, you'd hope. And unfortunately we saw scenes that were just half filled stadiums for, for the semifinals here. And you hope that, you know, the, the supporters will come out for the host nation in, in the final, but um, difficulty of, of, of resources and, and, um, infrastructure there, which has always been a challenge for AFCON. But give me, give me Nigeria. I can't, I can't go away from my pick that I had last episode. So I feel pretty good, and they've been arguably the best team all tournament, in my opinion, uh, other than what's you know been carrying Ivory Coast to the final at this point. Yeah, just with the whole new manager thing, I'm going to go with Ivory Coast. I think that would be a hilarious story if the coach who got dismissed doesn't get some silverware. Um, but we got our predictions out, so. You know, yell at us if we get them wrong. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. On the other side of the break, we're going to have a couple of discussion points, some predictions, and then uh, a prediction show specifically for the upcoming games this weekend. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're going to get into some discussions here and something that has come out as of late is the sin bin discussion blue card you have to sit out for descent or a cynical challenge for 10 minutes kind of like a power play in hockey um don't get matt started on hockey i went down that rabbit hole and i instantly regretted it um what do you think about this? we won last night by the way i just want to point out the rangers won last night since yeah, you brought games, it up, games are okay. going to knock them out in the east anyways that's it's right, fine. That's that's fine. Right. uh what are my thoughts on the sin bin um i think this is the dumbest idea i think i've ever heard of 
and the fact that they've now donned a, a blue card as well that you would receive in order to be sent to the quote-unquote sin bin um, is just ridiculous. I, I understand the sport trying to you know, update itself and, and kind of evolve with the times. And, and yes, there's been instances that we've seen that the players and managers have been um, out of hand or out of line and they've done a, they've tried different things this season uh, just to make a point. This is not going to be at the highest level. This is going to be tested out at, at, in like the Norwegian league and, and lesser leagues to start with and just to get a sense of how it goes before it is potentially implemented at the larger scale. But um, I, I'm totally against it. I think, but what's, why not um, the, the instance this year, Daniel, at the beginning of the season was if a player ran up to the referee, they received a yellow card. If there was dissent against the referee or they swarmed the referee, there was yellow cards given. Why don't we just implement that? Why don't we start there? And then if we actually do that consistently, we won't need this bullshit of a blue card and a sin bin shit. Like that to me, we're making rules that we don't follow. And then we come up with a new rule that we then think is better than actually just trying to implement the rule that we've already discussed. And so similarly with the time wasting and, you know, you're seeing it a little bit more with goalkeepers of late. Um, but again, we've implemented these rules, have the referees enforce them. That'll make them stop. There's nothing wrong with sending. I don't mind seeing two teams play with nine men if it's if it makes them stop doing running up to the referee and screaming and using their hand gestures and all that. Like that's pointless in the game. The referee is going to make the decision and let it be. And so give them a red card, send them off. They'll stop. The faster you do that, this sinbin shit will not make any difference. Just going to tell you that right now. I. Uh... Gonna have to agree with you here, so it'll be a, a rather brief one. But I also just think the 10-minute suspension is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I get two, three minutes, maybe five at the highest, but 10, that's that's kind of a lot. And we don't even know the definition of a yellow card or red card anyways these days, and especially with all the controversy of VAR. Kind of like you said, it makes no sense to implement something. I think it's stupid, and I, I don't see it going anywhere especially for something drastic like like 10 minutes but i'm glad we at least got to air it out um but to kind of go to our next discussion as ucl is back next week i want to hear your favorite i think i gave it away earlier um back before the break uh manchester city is my favorite how can you not have them as your favorite they're just they're just arguably the best team in in the world right now um, five trophies last year. Uh, they're pretty unstoppable right now in the league. They're getting healthy at the right time. Um, yeah, I mean, Pep Guardiola has just got them rocking and rolling, and it's going to be very, very difficult to beat them. Uh, it's going to it's going to require a stellar performance from whoever manages to pull that off. All right, and who's your runner up? Oh, geez. I mean, obviously we won't know just because of how it kind of works out. But if you had to guess right now, who would be the the runner up? Yeah. Without knowing the, the draw, of course, like you said. Um, so this is basically who I want in the final is what you're asking me. Um, yeah. I would love to see Bayern Munich and, and Manchester city. It may not be the most exciting game this season because of 
Bayern Munich's perfor poor performance, but Harry Kane with a chance to win a title would be great. Um, of course, they may or have, they may have already won one by winning the Bundesliga. We'll find out before that. But yeah, give me Bayern Munich and Manchester City. I, I don't know. This, this year hasn't been too too exciting for me from standout teams. I'm gonna go with. So it's I'm trying to see. I mean, ideally, I would like a Real Madrid, a Real Madrid City, but I don't think based off the the competition setup, I don't think we'll get that. Um, but I do think City is a favorite. I agree with you on that. Um, and then kind of going to the Europa League, who's your Europa League favorite and then your runner-up? See, this one's tough because there are three or four teams here that actually have a legitimate chance at this one. Um, do they, though? Well, I know you think your team's going to win it. So I think you're in the final. I'll give you that. Um, I think Bayer Leverkusen and Liverpool will be in the final. That's fair. I, I this, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. This changes for me depending on what is at stake for Liverpool if they get to this final. If somehow they've managed to beat City in this in the league and they've won, if they're going for a quadruple, they win it. If they're only going for a treble or double, I think Bayer will win it. So there's a caveat to that answer. But there's a caveat. But I think that's the final. Those are the still, two strongest. Still a very intriguing, very intriguing Europa League this year. So definitely to kind of see how it shakes out. Um, well, I enjoyed kind of discussing this with you. Now we're gonna kind of hit our predictions here. Um, so first up on the docket, we have Premier League Spurs versus Brighton. Should be a fun one. What do you think? Man, Brighton just smashed, and Spurs just just Brighton, two one. I have no confidence in that pick, but Brighton two one. I'm gonna say a two two draw. Is, that was kind of where likely. my head was going to. I, I can't trust Spurs to hold the game out, so I think they'll probably have a late concession here. Um, but it should be a really fun game with two very attack minded managers. Um, Villa versus United. Villa coming off a, a home loss. They'll play at home against United here. Who do you have? Boy, not a time for Manchester United to want to play Villa. Um, Villa 2 nothing. I'm going to go. Back. There we go. I'm going to go 1 0 Villa win. But how they. I, I expect Emory to get a big bounce back from Villa after a dismal performance against they Chelsea. Better, they better come back because they lost last week at home as well to Newcastle too. So that would be three losses in a row at home for Fortnite Emery. And you start to wonder, does he have the locker room anymore? But I think they get it done too now. The locker room? They're in fourth. There's no way. He's had problems like this before. This is not the first time he's had. I'm just saying, I, it's, I don't think it's that dire, but they need to bounce back and they need to win this game or they could start slipping. Yeah, that 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 is. I do agree with that statement. I I think Emery's good at, here to stay at Villa though for sure. Um, on Friday, which is tomorrow, Dortmund play Freiburg. How do you think this one ends up? Dortmund probably get this one done. Although we're not, I'm not too confident. I'm never too confident with Dortmund to be honest. Um, so I'll say two two one squeaky squeaky two one. I'm gonna say one one. Uh, I I just can't trust Dortmund on this one one one. Um, and then. Two back-to-back -back picks here. This the is, big ones. The these big are the ones. big ones. The big headers. Bayer Leverkusen at home versus Bayern. 
Oh boy, I feel like we could have done a segment on both of these games, to be honest. Um, this, okay, let me just point out between these two games, this is the most important game of the two. I think the winner of this game wins the league that they're in, and I also think it demolishes uh, moral, 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 morale, excuse me, of the other one. Um, this is by far going to be the more important of the two as far as even ratings and, and just the importance of the game itself. Um, I think Bayern Munich want to make a statement. We saw a game like this last time for them was against Borussia Dortmund and Der Klassiker, and they came out and just stomped them and put them in the ground. And we saw Dortmund have some struggles after that, um, after that performance. I think Byron win this one pretty easily, 3-1. I think Byron wrap up the season, and I think it's going to be number 13. Unlucky number 13, but they get it done, uh, and this is the catalyst for that. I'm going to go a 2-2 a draw. I can't trust either team right now, so I'm not going to pick a favorite, um, but I think this will be a really intriguing game, and I do agree it's the most important game probably of the entire weekend. Um, but... I don't know. Shabby uh, Lanza's men are looking looking pretty good. Not as good as they were. Bayern still suspect as always, so I'm not really not really buying what they're putting down either. Um, and then the other big game we have is Madrid versus Girona. What do you think? I don't think this is close. Um, as painful as that is to say, Madrid, you and Ewan and you and I have talked about just how um, they win on sheer talent alone. Well, guess what? There's no more bigger gap in talent really than this, than this one here. Um, and, and Madrid Girona played so poorly against Real Sociedad during the midweek that it kind of feels like that's what it, that's, that's who Girona is more or less. Of course, great story. I've, I've touched on it a couple episodes ago that I think they could get it done and they need to win this game to get it done. But his story tells me Real Madrid is going to win this game. And I don't want to put a big number against them, but 4 nothing Madrid. 4 nothing. It was I think it was 5-0 last time out, so not too far away from the last game. I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to yeah, go 3-1 Madrid. I think Girona will... Still, like, not get the door the doors blown off them, but it, I don't think it'll be particularly close. So I'm going to go with a three-one scoreline. Um, kind of switching to Serie A, uh, Roma play Inter. A little tease that we had before um, at at Rome, Roma's home. Do you think Inter kind of put these big games back to back and and win, or do you think Roma kind of get a result here? I think Roma can get a result. I'd say 1-1, one, one. Um, but it doesn't hurt Inter, of course, with, with where they sit in the table. But I, I do think top five team, you know, they're going to slip up and they're not going to win every game. But I don't think they lose, but I, but I think they get a 1-1 one, one draw here. And Juventus has a little bit of a door opening, but that's that won't last very long. I'm going to go 2-1 Inter win. And this will, I think, kind of dust up the title here. Um on this day, kind of with two big games in a row. Um, Turo Martinez scores. I probably uh, history would say yes, him or Taram for sure. Um, but Milan, AC Milan versus Napoli. Napoli have kind of bounced back as of late. Milan have been winning, but not convincingly. This one's a tough one. But what do you think? 
if Milan's wearing those new gorgeous fourth kits, then I think oh, they may have so a chance. Nice. The fashion uh, capital look good, play good. They they look good, and boy, will they play good if they're wearing them. Uh, no, I I do think this one's a tough one. Napoli are finding some form. AC Milan, as we've touched on, are kind of in limbo as far as where they are in the title or the table. Uh, two two in this one as AC Milan just kind of go through the motions here. This is definitely an over game for sure. Um, I'm going to have to agree with you with a 2-2 draw. And then to round it out, PSG play Lille. Lille has have been playing pretty decent football as of late. PSG are starting to kind of put good performances back-to-back. So is this going to be a blowout, or do you think this is going to be close? Blowout. Uh, the way Kylian Mbappe played last game uh, against Brest and just kind of you know put everything behind him and, and got a brace. Um I think this is not even close, and and this league is over, Daniel. This league is over. I'm gonna go two one. I think PSG struggle more than you'll give them credit for, but I do. They think will give up a goal. goal. They will definitely give up a goal. Did I not give a score? I'd say three one if I didn't see a score line for this one. Yeah, I'm gonna go two one, but I think we agree uh, fundamentally here for sure. Well, that's that's the end of the show, guys. Thank you for for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Full Time Roundup. Follow Matt at Life of M. Gesslin. Follow me at Liverpool CLTFC. Please like, subscribe, download, and give us a five star as it helps us spread our brand. And if you didn't agree with any of these takes or predictions, please sound off in the comments. Just too bad. That's 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 unfortunate for you. And you can also now find us audio only on YouTube if you want. Little little wrinkle there, little soft launch here. So if you're a YouTube user through and through, we are now adding that to the arsenal. So please enjoy.